0: Let's pray. Father, thank you. We're crazy creatures. We celebrate losing. We celebrate winning. It just depends on what you're talking about, and here we are looking now at a guide for health. Are you serious, Father? A DIY guide for how to live longer? If you can give that to us, give it to us right now, please. We're coming to you in the name of Jesus. One line, a provocative promise He makes, penetrating. May it make sense to us, we pray right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So open your Bible to John 10.10. Already there? Good. John 10.10. I'm in the NIV. We'll put it on the screen for you. Here is this penetrating promise. Red letters all the way through this chapter. So, my verse is in red here, John ten ten. Jesus speaking. The thief comes only to what? Only to steal and kill and destroy. Okay, hit the pause button right there. Come on. There is only one person in this universe, you got to admit it, only one person in this universe who comes to steal and kill and destroy. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention his name because he gets some sort of perverse pleasure when people talk about him. I'm not even going to mention his name. He's demented anyway. He's the only one in the universe that comes to steal and kill and destroy. Mm. Well, where's this big promise that you were talking about, Dwight? Well, let's read it again. John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it to the Full. Oh, boy, it's party time. Did you get that? Jesus to the max. And when it's Jesus to the max, what does He say? I have come. So that all of that guilt stuff that you're dealing with, you know, the looking, always looking over your shoulder kind of guilt? I've come to take that away. I've come to take away that flashing red light called your conscience. I want to steal your conscience. I want to be to the max in your life, and I will give you the abundant life. I have come to take away your moral bad health so that you'll never wake up with a hangover again. I have come to give you the life and life to the max, life to the full. And when I forgive your sins, by the way, I'm going to so bless your body with new life. I'm going to so bless your soul with new health that you'll never be the same again. Put it on the screen for us again, please. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. Do you want the full life? You know what they say, don't you? The softest pillow in the world is a clear conscience. Jesus says, I can give you that clear conscience. Here's the deal. You take me, and I'll give you life to the max and the full. You take me, and I'll give that to you. You talk about health. <laughs> you talk about good, good health. Let's take a look at it together. I came across a blogging scientist the other day. Boy, I'm sure glad I found her. She's a research scientist. UC Davis. You've heard of University of California in Davis. It's a big institution. She is the founding director of UC Davis Integrative Medicine. So I'm starting to read her blog, and I come across these words, and I want you to see them. They're on the screen right now. In this blog post, we will focus on a blue zone based in Loma Linda, California. Whoa, Loma Linda. I used to have grandparents that lived in Loma Linda. I've been there. A community of around 9,000 Seventh-day Adventists who live as much as a decade longer than the average American. You're kidding me. Keep reading. The Loma Linda population's longevity is largely attributed to their vegetarian diet, as well as other lifestyle factors like regular exercise, alcohol abstention, and no smoking. Here in this blog, we will examine the scientific studies of this population since 1960 and conclude with lessons learned about the Seventh-day Adventist secrets to longevity." Now, I want to say a word about those studies that she reviewed, but I'm really excited about these eight secrets. And by the way, she came up with them herself. They're not in the study. She read all the studies and then came up with these. They'll be our DIY, our do-it- yourself list for today. But first, she's absolutely right. Since 1960, get this. Since 1960, there have been three major studies of the Seventh-day Adventist lifestyle. The first one, one was in 1960. The second one was in 1974. The third one that's still going on, by the way, 19. I mean, 2002. The last two were called Adventist Health Study 1. The, sec- the, the, the third one is Adventist Health Study 2. Very interesting about those studies. By the way, Adventist Health Study that's going on right now, and some of you are still participating in this. Listen to this. It was funded by the National Cancer Institute with an additional $5.5 million grant given by the National Institutes of Health so that it could focus on over 96,000 Seventh-day Adventists between the ages of 30 and 112 living in only in Canada and the United States so it's a it's a study on North America amazing now i need to tell you this Th- these studies were not commissioned by the Seventh Day Adventist Church Seventh-day Adventist Church accepts the findings of the studies, but it did not sponsor these studies, so that makes it even more uh, intriguing. All three studies have explored the links between lifestyle, diet, and disease among us Seventh-day Adventists with some rather interesting factoids. So let me give you one from uh, Adventist Health Study 1. I'll put it on the screen for you, all right? AHS1 found... Five simple health behaviors promoted by the Seventh day Adventist Church for more than a hundred years. What are they? Not smoking, eating a plant based diet, eating nuts several times per week, regular exercise, and maintaining normal body weight. These five increase lifespan up to 10 years. And then the Adventist health study number two. Here's some factoids. Now, I need to tell you this in advance. This is not comparing the Adventist population with the rest of the population. This is comparing Adventists with Adventists, because there are six categories they came up with when it comes to our diets, and you can imagine what the six are, so I'm not going to give them to you. But watch this. On the screen from AH number two, non-vegetarian Seventh-day Adventist eaters are not surprisingly heavier than their vegetarian Seventh-day Adventist counterparts. For example, 55-year-old male and female vegans weigh about 30 pounds less than non-vegetarians of a similar height. Hmm. Here comes factoid number two in AH2. The more you adopt a vegetarian diet, the less likely you are to have high cholesterol levels, diabetes, high blood pressure, and metabolic syndrome. Interesting. Here comes bullet number three. The prevalence of type 2 diabetes in vegans, Seventh-day Adventist vegans, and lacto-oval vegetarians, those would be vegetarians that eat eggs and dairy. The prevalence of type 2 diabetes in vegans and lacto-oval vegetarians is half that of non-vegetarian Seventh-day Adventists. You get half the incidences of type 2 diabetes. One more. Vegetarian diets also protect against cardiovascular diseases, some cancers, and total mortality. In other words, vegetarians live longer. That's what they found in AHS number 2. So, what was Jesus' promise again? Look at it on the screen again. John 10.10. Come on. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. The question is, how how can we experience this life to the full? That's what everybody wants. Doesn't matter your age. It was really fascinating for me. I, I'm just going to be up front here to look over the shoulders of this woman. Her name is Rosane Oliveira. She's the, as I mentioned, the the director of integrative medicine at UC Davis. But I'm looking over her shoulders as she said, "I've read all these studies, and hey, blog readers, I've come up with eight lessons." You need to know about. I'll put her words on the screen. Rosane Oliveira. here are eight lessons learned from Loma Linda. Great tactics to adhere to if you want to live a long and healthy life. So I want to share them with you. Come on. We'll scribble them down. Abby's going to come up here, and uh, we'll be done. But would you pull out your new study guide? It should be tucked away in your worship bulletin right now. Pull it out, please. This is our DIY do-it-yourself list of eight life lessons for long lasting health, all right? Eight lessons. You didn't get one. Here come our friendly ushers. Put your hand up. They'll make sure you get one. And those of you watching on a screen right now, if you're on, watching on television, you see that little website at the bottom? That is our website, newperceptions.tv. You go there, and you'll find this particular, this, this particular little uh, conversation we're having today. It's entitled A DIY Guide, How to Be Healthier and Live a Whole Lot Longer. Click on a study guide and you'll get the same list of eight. You have to fill in the blanks with us. We're glad to have you watching live stream or wherever you are right now. All right. So, uh, you've got it up in the balcony as well. Are you getting them up in the balcony? Good. Well, that's not uh, without any further ado. Let's go. Eight lessons for a long, healthy life. Write it down. Number one, take breaks. So, this director of Integrative Medicine, looking at Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, she says, hey, I learned something from these guys. Take breaks. Now, the words that follow are also hers, okay? The Seventh-day Adventists take a weekly break, she puts in parentheses 24 hours, and then I put in brackets the Sabbath, from daily life to focus on family, God, friends, and nature. They believe this relieves their stress, strengthens their social communities, and provides healthful, consistent exercise. End quote. She doesn't say a word about why we do it. I just remind you, in case you forgot, the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments that begins with the words, Remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. It ends with these words. Scribble it down. There it is, Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but He rested... There's that break she was talking about. But He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Why do we rest? Because the Creator did. It's a great idea. And guess what? Research now shows it adds to a healthful life, longevity. I love the way Moses describes the Creator's rest. Keep your pen moving. Uh, Exodus 31, verse 17. And on the seventh day, the Creator rested and was refreshed. She says, They have time with their friends, they have time in nature, they have time to relax. Yep. You're right. You nailed it on the head. That's one of the secrets to longevity right there and good health. All right, there are eight of these. Here comes number two. Maintain a healthy body mass index. They call that BMI. Now, she writes, a low BMI is normally associated with lower blood pressure, lower blood cholesterol, or lower incidence of cardiovascular disease. Eating a whole-food plant-based diet is the easiest and best way to keep your BMI down." End quote. So, where did somebody come up with this whole food, plant-based diet idea? From the Creator. Jot this down. Genesis 1, the Creator is talking right now. Then God said, I'm going to give you humans every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and I'm going to give you every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will all be yours for food. And, by the way, to everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food." Now the research is showing that whole-food, plant-based diets, are the secret to a long, healthy life. Got it. The Creator obviously knew what He was doing when He he assigned that uh, diet. Number three, jot it down, please. Get regular, moderate exercise. She writes, "'The good news is that you don't have to run a marathon." Routine, low-intensity physical activity like a daily walk is enough to reduce your chance of cancer and heart disease. Enough said. Abby's coming up in just a moment. We're gonna talk about that. We'll kind of tease that one out. Speaking about exercise. Number 4, write it down, please. There are only eight of these. Spend time with friends. Who wouldn't like that? A supportive, like-minded community is an important component, she writes, of healthful living, end quote. She nailed it on the head again. Jesus in John 13, verse 35, on the screen for you. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So I'm a little curious on this one, so I step away from her blog, and I go into Google, and I want to find out about relationships. We just had that Roommates, Bad Dates and Soulmates series. I said, listen, tell me about the effect of relationships. The National Institutes of Health summarizing 148 different studies. Look at this. Put it on the screen for you. These findings of the 148 indicate that the influence of social relationships on the risk of death, the death rate, are comparable with well-established risk factors for mortality, such as we all knew smoking was a risk factor and alcohol consumption is a risk factor. Now, she said, the National Institute say, this idea of friendships moves right up there with alcohol and tobacco. In its effect on our longe- longevity. But she, she goes on. And, by the way, influence of social relationships actually exceeds the influence of other risk factors, such as physical inactivity and obesity. In other words, I, I refuse to exercise, and I'm not losing weight. If you have close friends, that will mitigate, to a degree, some of that. Those risk factors in terms of your death, uh, death age. Number five, jot it down, please. I like this. Give back. Give back. Giving back ensures you have a sense of purpose. When you focus on others, you are happier and less depressed. True or false? Come on. We all know it's true. You know what? There are scores of studies that show, by the way, that volunteers, no kidding, volunteers, whether you're a student, going to class, you say, Dwight, I'm, I'm, I'm taking classes. That doesn't count as volunteering. You have to take those classes. Your mind and body know when you're doing something that you don't have to do, and they reward you with these little boosting chemicals that actually look... that raise your your immunity level and and expand your longevity. Volunteering for senior citizens. We got retirees in this community. Volunteering at neighbor-to-neighbor is a huge boost for your immune system and your longevity. That's what she's talking about. Give back. Uh, Jesus put it well, Luke six thirty eight. Give, and it will be what? It'll be given to you. Get involved. Okay, number 6. Ooh, number 6 is gonna be one we wrestle with. Number 6, some of you are gonna start pushing back right now. Oh, I love the first five. Don't give me number 6. But number 6 is one that this particular community needs to hear, all right? So, number 6. Eat an early, light dinner. Now, she's talking about supper, okay? <laughs> eat, a, eat an early, light dinner. Now, keep reading. She's writing. A lighter meal at the end of the day will promote better sleep and a lower BMI, end quote. Whoa. And then I remembered something I read in Christianity Today. Oh, I was so glad this last week. Ah, I kept it. And I want to tell you about it. It's written by a physician named Lindsay Stokes. She's describing something called autophagy. Can I put the word on the screen for you? Autophagy. Autophagy. Yeah, what's up with that? Autophagy describes a process that the cells go through. When the cells don't find nutrition outside of them in the bloodstream, you know what they do? They go inside. They have some proteins lying around. They have some little body parts within the cell that are lying around. They start eating those proteins and they start consuming those body parts. As long as there's food going by, they don't do that cleanup work. And guess what they have found? Autophagy is the body extending your life. Because you know what? If you don't eat just before you go to bed... Now, some of us are on a two-meal a day. Gary and I have breakfast, and we have lunch, and that's it. And I'm just telling you the truth. You get hungry around supper time. <laughs> I wish I could tell you it ain't so, but you do. But guess what? When you, when, when you give your body a break, and it needs considerable time for that break, grabbing that pizza just before you drop off to sleep, that really... You say, Dwight, I really do better when I have food in my tummy. I sleep well. You know why you sleep well? Because all the blood from your brain has gone down to the stomach. But while the brain is sleeping, the stomach is going... <laughs> all night long. It's getting zero rest. And tomorrow morning, I'll just grab a couple Dunkin' Donuts, and then I'm off. You keep eating all day long. You graze right through the day. There is no break. (laughs) There is no break for those cells that say, give me a break. Stop. I won't turn out there for food now. I will turn in here. By the way, I'm just going to throw this in. Alzheimer's. Anybody with white hair is concerned about Alzheimer's. Trust me. Alzheimer's. Man, I'm not going to get into it now. I'm gonna do it in November. I'm gonna do it in November. We're gonna talk about mental health, and let me tell you, baby boomers are really very nervous about Alzheimer's. I'm reading a book called The End of Alzheimer's. It's fascinating, and by November I'll be able to help you out. Don't get into the descriptions right now, but the point is the brain needs you to stop eating so that the brain can clean up what's been built into the brain, squirted into the brain all day long. Your bright minds have been... Ch-ch-ch-ch. The brain says, stop, don't eat. Give me a break. That's what she's writing about. So I'm gonna put her words on the screen right now. Okay, so this is Lindsay Stokes talking about autophagy. In other words, Short periods of fasting or stress result in healthier, more enlivened organisms. Fasting, that's going without food, makes them stronger because their focus turns to sacrificing their broken pieces and regenerating the components that really matter. There's one other method you can use, and it's called famine. And when famine occurs and the food supply drops off, the body begins slowly to consume itself. It has no choice. We don't want that. But 12 hours, first Tuesdays on this campus, a day of fasting and prayer, you could go with 24 hours and do your body a very big favor. Just stop eating. You won't die. It'll feel like it. (laughs) But you won't. Ah! Number seven, there are only eight of these. Drink lots of water. Jot that down, please. She writes, "...the men in the study who drank five to six glasses of water daily reduced their risk of a fatal heart attack by 60 to 70% compared to those who drank considerably less. They're now finding eight glasses of water is even better." We'll talk about that when Abby comes up in two split seconds. All right. Number eight, the final one. Eat a mostly plant-based diet. She says I've looked at these Adventists and <laughs> I've concluded. Plant-based is what they need, is what they do. Now this, these are her words. Non-smoking Adventists who ate two or more servings of fruit daily had seventy percent fewer lung cancers than non-smoking Adventists who ate only who ate fruit once or twice a week. Keep reading. Likewise. Adventists who consumed legumes, that would be peas and beans, three times a week had a 30 to 40% reduction in colon cancer. Lastly, Adventist women, ladies, listen up, who ate tomatoes at least three to four times a week reduced their chance of getting ovarian cancer by 70% compared to those Adventist women who ate tomatoes less often. Or as my grandma would say, tomatoes. And by the way, guys, smile along with the ladies because tomatoes are excellent for prostate health. Mm-hmm. You don't want to you don't want to mess with prostate cancer. Nobody does tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. And by the way, that's not guzzling a jar of ketchup down. <laughs> All right, there they are, ladies and gentlemen. Eight lessons. Eight lessons for a long, healthy life. Put Jesus' words on the screen again for us, please. John 10, I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it to the full. That's the abundant life. There isn't a soul here that isn't saying, "Man, I want that life." Girl, I want that life. Me too. Abby Vaughn, come on up here. She's my new friend. You know what Abby Vaughn is? She is a senior at Andrews University. She's a senior at Andrews University, a dietetics major. So, this is her last year. This is a big deal. She is also a wellness associate. So, we're talking about the brand new uh, Andreessen Center for Wellness right across uh, from the church right here, as she works over there. And, number three, she is a... I got to always look this up. A group fitness instructor. So, you want to talk about fitness, this woman can help. And. Qualification number four, she is a member of the largest generation on this planet right now, and they're called Gen Zers. And she's, you're looking at a Gen Zer right here. Born between 1996 and 2000. And 1995 and 2006. Sorry. <laughs> so, Abby, I mean, this is fascinating stuff. Is. This little lady looking at all these uh, Adventist health studies. Uh, so, so, Abby, look, let, 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 you're the exercise specialist. Let's just begin right there. Come on, really, give us a little bit of motivation now. I mean, she says, oh, they they exercise, but come on, give us some motivation. What are some benefits for exercise, fitness instructor?
1: For sure, sure. So there's actually a ton of benefits for exercise. I'll name a few. Um, One of them, you're going to have a lot more energy in the long run. So um, you get up, you exercise. Um, As you continue doing that, um, your body will learn to adjust to that um, exercise, and you will gain more energy. You're gonna increase your muscle strength and tone, and who doesn't wanna be um, toned and have some good muscle strength in order to pick things up and um, do what you need to do? You're gonna have better posture, so you're gonna be able to, the muscles in your back and um, everywhere is gonna help you have that better posture. So if you think about what you're doing right now, some of you are probably slouching, kind of leaning up against the back of your seat. Um, If you exercise on a regular basis, you will definitely have that better posture. Mm. Um, you're going to have less chronic illness. Um, so exercise actually has a way of transforming your body. Cool. And t- changing those genes that you have so that you have less chronic illness. So let
0: me ask you about uh, group exercise because that's kind of your specialty. I mean, do you recommend that?
1: I oh, do recommend it. Why? Oh yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. So there's a couple different things that with group, ex- uh, group fitness exercise mm-hmm. that you can get. Um, one of them is that well, when I go to group fitness classes, I look at the person on my left and right mm-hmm. and I say, well, if they're doing it that hard and she's doing it that hard, well, I can definitely do it a lot better than they can. And so it's a way that you can push yourself and kind of have a competition with yourself. Um, and no one has to know about that. And then also um, what you were talking about, being social, and connected with mm-hmm. the people around you. You have all of these people that have the same goals as you is to better their lives and get um, completely well. And so you have these people that can gather around you if you're struggling Mm -hmm. and build you up.
0: Yeah. Listen, we could spend a half hour just on exercise, but I want to move on to your other area of specialty right now, and that is dietetics. So what are they teaching you in dietetics school?
1: Uh, This is actually one of my favorite topics. Okay. Um, So diet, there's a ton of different things we could talk about, but there's a couple things that really um, a lot of people struggle with, and one of that is our portion sizes. So um, going to the cafeteria here, we have an all-you-can-eat buffet. Um, You go out to restaurants, they have these buffets. Mm -hmm. And um, one way that you can decrease on your portion size is only take one plate. And that's actually one reason why the cafeteria... Only one plate? (laughs) Only one plate. So there's actually... um, scientific uh, evidence that if you only get one plate of food and you only eat that, it's part of the lowering your BMI type of thing. Gotcha. So one plate of food, um, what I was saying, the cafeteria here, that's actually one of the reasons why they don't have trays, because it helps you to portion. Ah,
0: I, I missed them the last time I went. They said, yeah, we're not <laughs> using trays anymore. Okay. But by the way, they speaking at the cafeteria, thank you for giving them a shout out. I, you know, I'm pretty impressed. I mean, they have everything's labeled vegan, vegetarian, carnivorous. No, there's no carnivorous. Uh, uh, but they, they, they're going out of their way to help us. Right. Yeah. So this diet thing, I mean, everybody's into a new diet. I just, this last week, I heard about a primal diet to eat what the ancients did, no pasteurized anything. Give me a break. What's up with these diets?
1: Yeah, so I actually don't like the, the word diet. Because if you think about it, um, I'm sure most of you have been on a diet before. So you start a diet, you go through the diet, you reach your goal, and then you just stop. And what happens after you stop is you end up right back where you were. So mm-hmm. I like to use the word lifestyle change. So with that lifestyle change, you start that lifestyle change, but you don't ever have an end date. You don't have an end goal. You're just constantly trying to better mm-hmm. your, your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Be honest with me, do you like junk food?
1: I do like junk food and it's a thing that a lot of people think that if you're into wellness and you're into health that you don't like and you know studying to be a dietitian a lot of people think that oh she doesn't eat cake and she doesn't like ice cream. I love it but the thing is what you do, if you like something mm-hmm. you'd get some but you portion it. So say you like pizza, instead of eating a half of a pizza you're going to eat one slice so if um, you're craving something and you don't eat it, it's actually going to end up building up, and eventually you'll cave in, and you'll eat that whole pizza, and then you're going to give up on what that goal was.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. we hastening on to talk about... We need to talk about water. We had an interesting discussion in the first service. What do you want to say about water? Because we just read, she, she, that's one of the big deals for her, and she said, uh, you know, what, uh, six glasses, five to six glasses for men, yada, yada, yada. What's up with water?
1: Right, right. So water is actually very important. Um, it was given to us by God, um, so it has to be important. So um, actually for every every person, your water intake is going to be different. Um, there's formulas you can find online for that, but basically the easiest way to figure out whether you're drinking enough water yeah. is if you look at your urine, and if it's clear, you're drinking enough. If it's not, then you need to drink more.
0: Well, that's pretty really easy to figure out. So... In other words, water is absolutely, no matter what age, it's absolutely essential. Drinking, Drinking coffee that's liquid is not drinking water, is it?
1: That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Pile... So, it, it, While it is a liquid, it does have caffeine in it, and caffeine is actually considered a diuretic. Diuretic means that it um, makes you lose water. So there's um, <laughs> for every cup of caffeine that you drink, you should actually drink another cup of water to mm-hmm. compensate for Let's that. Let's
0: talk about sleep, because she didn't mention sleep at all. Isn't that amazing? Eight lessons of life. She didn't get the sleep part. Let's talk about sleep, especially on a, on a campus like this, where sleep is at a premium. So, So is there like a suggested giving guide for sleep or something?
1: Um, Well, you should actually sleep up to seven to eight hours. Um, I know as college students, as parents, um, getting up and then going to bed at night, getting that rest that you need is actually really hard. Um, sometimes you're an evening person, so that doesn't mean that you have to go to bed right at 9 and get up at 5. Um, you can take that a little bit later, mm-hmm. you go to sleep a little bit later, as long as you get that 7 to 8 hours of sleep.
0: Somebody came up to me after uh, first service and said, hey, listen, and scribbled it out here, for, for good sleep, no computer, television screens before you fall asleep. Is there a, what, what's up with that?
1: Yeah, so I'm not completely studied in this, yeah. but from, from what I've read and what I've seen, there is light on that screen, and mm-hmm. that light actually changes with the chemicals in your body and makes you stay awake longer, and it makes it harder to sleep. There are actually um, apps that you can get that changes that light into a different frequency mm-hmm. that allows you to be able to sleep sooner. Okay. If you do choose to look at it, we don't suggest it, but it is there.
0: Okay. Uh, this idea of, look I'm young right now. I'm a Gen Z-er or a millennial. I got time. When I get to be 50, I'm going to really start honing in. And by the time I'm 70, I'm going to be just perfect health. What about waiting, putting it off?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I want to say is why wait, now? why wait and put off what you can do today for later. So if you start now, you're actually going to see the benefits as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It takes such little time to be healthy. You can take 30 minutes out of your day, have a 20-minute workout, do some meditation or just quiet mm. time, um, drink your two, two glasses of water in the morning right when you get up, and just take 30 minutes a day. So that's not a big deal. You can find recipes online that cost less than a dollar per serving. So the money issue, if you really look into it, it, it you can do it. Yeah. It's doable.
0: Let's end by talking about Jesus. Abby, what's Jesus in your life?
1: You know, if we look back to creation and we see all the things that he has given to us, he gave us the water, he gave us the, the nuts and the grains and the fruits and everything we need to have that restful and peaceful environment and keep our bodies healthy. Um, that he gave us, and we can, we can do that by um, eating and taking care of the things that he gave us. Mm-hmm. So,
0: um,
1: taking care of our bodies, the temples that he gave us through the stuff that he gave us.
0: It's a big partnership, and he has oh, yeah. a vested interest. It's abundant life, right? Correct. Abundant yeah. life. Put your hands together for Abby Vaughn and our Gen Zers. Thank you, Abby. God bless you. Let's put it up one more time. Jesus' words, John ten ten. I have come that you may have life, and have it to the full. I want to end with these words. A little American lady. She's about five foot three inches tall. She actually wrote the literature that has led to the Adventist lifestyle that the world and the culture today are sitting up and taking notice of. She put the whole package together. Her name is Ellen White. She wrote a book called Ministry of Healing. It's a little classic. I'm gonna in a moment, give you a chance to, to get it for free. But I want to end with this quotation from her book. These are the words of that little American writer. Know what it is to be free in Christ. Meditate day and night upon His character. Then you will see His beauty and rejoice in His goodness. I love this. Your heart will glow with the sense of His love. You will be uplifted as if born by everlasting arms. With the power and light that God imparts, you can comprehend more, you can accomplish more than you ever before deemed possible. That's the abundant life. I will give you this life to the max if you'll take me. If you'll take me, I'll give you that life. I'll walk in your freedom to the end of the way. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. All of us want that life, please. Put us on a pathway that will bring these eight incredible blessings. Show us how. Give us joy. Abundant life. And in the benediction, Holy Father of your Scripture, unleash the forces of these familiar words within us. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.